Welcome to New Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. I am your host, Christian, the unbiased king, Espinal. And joining me through Discord, it is the man, the myth, the legend, the tank top sage. It's Joshua Gangsta Time Cole. Full partner, but it should be called Gangsta Time. Josh? Oh, that mute button. Oh. What up, guys? <laughs> What's good, everybody? Listening? Hey, hey, hey. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. And also making his triumphant return to the pod, it is Edgelord Big News Brian. What's up, nerds? Hey, hey, hey. Oh, boy. Brian's back. Very excited. We got My Hero Academia back just in time. Coincidence, I think not. <laughs> uh... <laughs> So yeah, uh, we got a, we got a fun show today. Let's not waste any time. Let's get into plugs. You can find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram. Joshua Cole, where can they find you? At JD Cole underscore thirty seven. That's on Instagram and at New Jump City Josh on Twitter. Ooh yeah, Brian. You can find me at B.ESP on both Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to catch me when I'm streaming, you can find me at Twitch.tv slash It's Punch. Hell yeah. You can follow the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and also uh, TikTok if you're if you're cool. Uh, you could email the show itself at New Jump City at a pod at gmail.com uh, with questions, suggestions, anything you guys want us to talk about. And uh, we usually uh, answer and address any emails in our uh, brand new pre-show chat show that we do uh, every week. It's just a little casual chat that we have to start the show. Um, little catch-up thing. We uh, talk about all sorts of things, not just uh, manga there. So, uh, yeah, hit us up, uh, watch that, listen to that show, and check that out. Email us there. Uh, if you prefer a more direct method, I guess, of reaching out, you could also uh, comment under the YouTube video that we put up. Uh, we're still not super-duper video-capable quite yet, but um, as soon as we are, we'll be back to posting full videos on YouTube. In the meantime, I still put up uh, the little audio versions of the show on uh, on YouTube. So if you prefer to listen to podcasts on there, uh, please do. That would be super cool. Or uh, you can listen audio po- to the audio version wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Spotify, uh, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora. We're on all of those things. So uh, check us out on any of those platforms. And... Uh, that's it, right? The subscribe thing? That's it. That is it for me. Uh, so let's get into the show proper. Spoiler alerts ahead. Let's get into it. Hmm. Jujutsu. Kaisen. We're not starting with hero? Oh. Goop. Well, I st- already gave Jujutsu Kaisen this epic intro, so we're going to keep going with Jujutsu. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> I can't do this again, but thank you for keeping me on, honest. Uh, we're, we're starting off with Jujutsu Kaisen, chapter 228, Inhuman Makio Shinjuku Showdown, part six. Um, 
Last we left off with Jujutsu Kaisen, there has been uh, the ultimate battle between the two greatest sorcerers in the world. Of course, that's Gojo and Sukuna. Uh, they've been going at it pretty heavy with a high skill level Jujutsu battle. Uh, they're just exchanging uh, domain and regular attacks left and right, cursed techniques left and right, back and forth. Uh, nobody has truly had the upper hand quite yet. Uh, it's always, it seems to have been at a stalemate at this time. Uh, Gojo keeps trying to capture uh, Sukuna in his domain, but uh, one way or the other, Sukuna continues to break free. And so uh, Gojo has decided to try something new and he's made a condensed barrier with, uh, with uh, Sukuna, trapping him and Sukuna within, within his domain, which is surprising to everybody because uh, apparently his domain now is the size of is smaller than a basketball um bigger and, than a baseball bigger than a baseball smaller than a basketball would that make make it a softball mm. a softball domain yeah like a softball domain yeah i feel like that's the one in or like a volleyball domain is that smaller than a basketball not really i think so mm. i wouldn't be surprised i, I don't know for sure brian can you look up if a volleyball is smaller than a basketball <laughs> Yeah, this is why you're back, Brian. So you could so you could answer our stupid questions in the middle of the show. Uh, so we have this potential volleyball domain. A basketball is bigger than a volleyball. Okay, okay. so it's a. I would say this is a volleyball sized one because sure. it still feels like too small to be a softball. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. We, Plus, Japan loves their volleyball, so this feels more appropriate. This is true. This is a. You guys don't know this because I speak to Gege Yakutami personally, but he's a big fan of Haikyuu, and this was his personal tribute uh, to Haikyuu. I, I believe you 100%. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, anyway, so inside the volleyball domain, everybody is just confused. It's like, wait, you can do that? And Meme um, is just like, yeah. I, I mean, you keep saying that everything's impossible that they do. Um, and uh, Maki asks, is like, why? I mean, it's not like a barrier's external appearance never match what's inside. And um, the, the the one of the teachers here explains that, like, well, yeah, technically that's true, you know, uh, but there are limits to, you know, how much that makes sense because the size of a domain is basically dependent on what you can imagine. So it's harder to picture yourself. It's hard to make a domain when you can't picture yourself fitting into it, if that makes sense. Um, so there's, how did he, how was he able to envision himself fitting into like a ball like that? And Choso brings up the point of the prison realm. And, um, yeah, they basically explained that, uh, being stuck in the prison realm, which is, it's basically like a Rubik's cube size, uh, has, I guess, inspired Gojo in a way of, uh, being able to size his domains because the prison realm is actually much bigger than its contents. So being stuck in there for so long has had him thinking, it's like, oh, I can make a domain this small. He can envision himself in a small, in a in being confined in that small space. So that's pretty cool. Um, uh, the uh, teacher dude is like, but why is he continuously changing the conditions of his domain? Uh, and Miwa explains that uh, it turns out every it takes time for every sorcerer to eventually hit the precise blend of external and internal conditions uh, and volume and construction speed for barriers. 
especially domain bearers. Uh, this, of course, is a foreign concept to Hakari and uh, and Higuruma because, of course, their domains are inherent to their cursed techniques. So, right, you know, they don't really like they don't have they don't their domains don't really play by the same rules because they don't inhabit a barrier. If that makes sense, they don't like make barriers like everybody else. It's just part of what they do naturally as as jujutsu sorcerers. Uh, so, I'm glad that they explained that. Yeah. Well, this is Akutami for you. He explains everything. Um, so he uh, he explains like, well, anyway, like the conditions aren't something you adjust or you ordinarily adjust every time, you know. And uh, he's like, did he just adjust from small to large because of the high difficulty? And he was, I guess people are trying to guess that like, well, maybe, you know, he wanted to use the uh, large bear to enclose malevolent shrines effective range. And I guess he's like trying to make a more dense barrier at this time. But uh, at this point, the domain starts to like, sh like fucking vibrate basically. Um, and all of a sudden the slashes start coming out of it. And uh, everybody's like, whoa, what's that? And Okotsu explains that Sukuna must have decreased his domain's range in order to raise the output that it puts out. So I guess exchanging range for power. Um, and at this point, that's when doma uh, Gojo's domain breaks again. And uh, we see that um, Gojo Sukuna is actually injured. He's got like this big like blood stain on the, in the middle of his chest. And um, basically like, whoa, everybody's like, damn, they got him. And they explained that two things happened simultaneously, that Sukuna destroyed Go Gojo's domain from the outside and Gojo was able to damage Sukuna enough so he couldn't maintain the Malevolent Shrine. So the Malevolent Shrine starts to disappear. Um, immediately, like the teacher yells for like time, how long did the domain last? And uh, it apparently has lasted for three minutes and nine seconds. Um, so both of their domains are down, which means that neither of them can use their cursed techniques. However, uh, you know, they bring up the point that, of course, like we learned recently, Gojo can now uh, replenish his cursed energy using reverse curse technique. Um, so, but they also bring up the point that Sukuna can do the same thing. And Okotsu's like, yeah, but, you know, I can do reverse curse technique too, but that doesn't mean, like, I can recover my burnt-out curse technique. But they explained that, like, well, Sukuna is different, though, because he was able to learn how to turn himself into a cursed object uh, from a single occasion with Kenjaku. So right. probably, being, probably seeing Gojo be able to do what he did with reverse curse technique, was he, like, just once was enough to be able to learn it for himself and replenish his curse technique um so the battle continues they're just like going back and forth so, uh, gojo's trying to like use his technique to just like capture gojo in his place but he's dodging everything um they get into close quarters and uh you know they they fight for a second but uh sukuna seems to like expand the distance between them and at this point, Gojo starts thinking to himself, he's like, why? Sukuna is only activating curse techniques granted by the domain. And he's like, when the domain's internal and external conditions were reversed, thereby decreasing resistance to pressure from the inside, 
he took a risky move rather than try to break the barrier from the inside. So, you know, I guess he's like talking about like what happened inside the domain that like regardless of what was going on inside the domain, Sukuna took a risk and tried to just still destroy it from the outside. Um, so he's like inside the domain, he can't use an architectural structure like, to attack like before. So he proceeded yeah. as he, as if he had the advantage. But at that point, then, you know, the obvious counter would have been to for Sukuna to use the Ten Shadows technique, uh, specifically the Maharaga uh, Shikigami that, you know, we all know and love, that fucking OP monster. Um, in, and he was confused as to why he didn't use it in the domain. And uh, Gojo's just like, could it be that he just remembers my conversation with Megumi and knows that he it's not a, a move that he can afford to waste? Uh, but then... We get a single panel with the Maharaga wheel clicking. And then we end the chapter with one panel of uh, Gojo's nose starting to bleed. Uh, and he kind of looks like he's like not getting knocked out a little bit. Like his eyes are a little like his eyelids are coming down a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's the end of the chapter. <sighs> Pretty dense. <laughs> lots of stuff going on. Lots to commentate on. But uh, Josh, what did you think about Jujutsu Kaisen chapter two twenty eight? First of all, well done, Chris. Um, yeah, that was quite the commentary based chapter, and you did that well. Thanks. Excuse me. <laughs> so this, unfortunately, when I opened this chapter up, it was on the last page, oh. and I seen that you know both Gojo and Sukuna were still alive. So, but, you know, I had that expectation reading this chapter. However, I was still kind of, I wasn't sure who came out victorious, you know, like towards the end of the chapter. So it was still kind of like, like, you know, anxious reading this. Like, you know, outside of the explanations, like all of these like action moments with Gojo and Sukuna, and just looking at like their facial expressions, Sukuna looks so confident nonstop. Like I, I have this bad feeling that Gojo is going to lose. Like he, it looks like he's in an uphill battle. So I think I, I, I think Akutami is doing a really good job at keeping the suspense up. You know, and he's feeling he's keeping the suspense up. Uh, by showing us these these quick flashes of intense combat and strategy, you know, sandwiched between all of this uh, commentary that does two things, right? Uh, provide, you know, it makes us understand what's happening in the fight, obviously, but I feel like it's also setting the ground for future fights so that we completely understand the nature of domains how how they could maybe even improve or warp or or like uh, subvert expectations based on what the groundwork being put in now. I just feel like this fight is being used as a tool to kind of like really, I mean, not well, yeah, to try to further flesh out the combat system of of the series. So I I'm enjoying that part of 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 the fight, uh, you know, this little arc. Uh, man, I completely forgot about the 10 shadows technique and I forgot about that beast mode 
uh, summon. I guess I felt, I guess I feel like if Gojo had to deal with it one-on-one, it wouldn't be a problem. Like it wouldn't be that big of a deal, but there's also Sakuna. So it's kind of looking good, man. I don't know what else Gojo could do outside of further manipulating the, like, and, and, and recreating the rules for barriers as he goes. Lots to think about. Um, Brian, how'd you feel about this chapter? Um, this chapter was like a huge swing in Sakuna's favor. Uh, like you said, Sakuna does seem like extremely confident, um, throughout all this. And he has, I feel like a lot more up his sleeve compared to Gojo. Like Mm -hmm. Gojo so far has been reacting to everything, um, Sakuna has been throwing at him, you know, like. He's had to be the one to kind of um, beat him at his own game instead of being the one in control, you know? Um, so that's a, that's a little concerning because... Um, so it's essentially like... Like overwhelming power versus like uh, technique at this point, like, right? Like it's how long can Gojo put up with this? before he just loses all of his um like everything that he could bring to the table like because it looks like he's starting to get tired or like um the effect yeah. of using this much cursed energy is affecting his body um so it, it looks like gojo could be in trouble if this fight goes on any longer and sakuna still has the 10 shadows at his disposal i don't know if he could use it um and in uh instead of um instead of his original curse technique like if his curse technique gets exhausted uh does that mean he can use the 10 shadows or is that off the table yeah i mean he was talking about more when he was inside the domain so i guess he assumes well you know i think they're both like replenished at this point because they can both use reverse curse technique to heal their curse tech their original curse technique so but i don't think that's what sakuna's doing well that tension that the the maharaga is part of the 10 shadows so that little thing he does that's 10 that's the 10 shadows yeah but i don't think he's using reverse curse technique to replenish his his uh his stuff like to replenish his curse technique i think i think he's just fight since he knows that gojo can't use his curse technique he's just i think well, gojo he's going is to using use... his huh gojo is using his curse technique yeah but not right now yeah he is like, those little cr- those craters that you see when sukun is running away that's gojo that's gojo's curse technique that's i think that's like limitless <laughs> no i thought i think they're just hand to hand fighting cuz they're both burnt out right now that's just them fighting. Hmm. I don't. I don't know if he can replenish it that fast. No, because you see, like those rocks, they come together. Like there's on page uh seventeen. There's like the panel where Sukuna he sees the rocks and then he dodges them, but behind him <clears throat> they're all like converging on each other in midair. 
I thought that was just them being anime as fuck. It, I mean, it, it's both. <laughs> I, I think it's both. Um, but anyway, um, I'm a little interested to see how this goes. Um, if Maharaga comes out, if he's been, if he's had Maharaga out this entire time, or had the wheel adapting to Gojo this entire time, Gojo's fucked. I'm just gonna put that out there. Mm-hmm. Gojo is fucked if this has been the case this entire time. Um, and Sukuna has outplayed his ass. Is so, that what Maharaga does? Yeah, Maharaga um, adapts. Like, the same thing doesn't work twice on Maharaga. So, as you, the only way to really beat him is if you take him out in one hit. Um, otherwise, he just keeps adapting to everything that you do. Yeah. So, if he has had him active this entire time, Gojo is in a very, very bad place. Like, extremely bad. Um... So that's a little concerning. Um, I I love how in depth everything is, considering this is <laughs> this gives shades of um of a uh, hunter hunter, but I feel like at this point it's not even like you know it's not even like far away from it. This is this feels like Nen, like how in depth everything is. Like it feels like they just took this um power system to another level with its like complexity and versatility, you know? And um this isn't what I thought Curse Technique was gonna be like um initially watching the series. Like at the beginning, it doesn't feel like it's gonna become this extremely in-depth, like versatile and limitless fucking um power system, and it just does it. And it does it super effortlessly. And I'm really excited to see how far, how much further these two can take it. Because you know for a fact they're not going to stop at this. Like, they're mm-hmm. going to keep fucking expanding and expanding and expanding upon it. And I, I'm super excited to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. I, uh, yeah, this was my really good chapter of the week. Um, I don't know about you guys. But what do you <laughs> Yeah, it's mine too. Hey Josh, not yours. Josh? Josh. Yeah. Oh, is this uh this I was just we were just saying this is our really good chapter of the week. Uh all right then. No, it's not mine, but um I'll jot that down. Okay. Well, it is mine and Brian's and also the audience's really good chapter of the week. Wow. Certified RGC. No, you're fine. Certified RGC. Drop the ball, guy. No, don't. Hey, you're fine. Hey, we need these, uh, these, these, uh, harmonic convergence really good chapters of the week have to be organic. Otherwise, what's the point, you know? Yeah. But, um,. Hey, if you guys want to vote on the poll, uh, we do it every Sunday when the chapters drop on Viz's official Shonen Jump app. So I usually put up the uh, poll uh, a couple hours after or, you know, the next day or so. Uh, so f- subscribe to us so you never miss the poll. But um, yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen is uh, the really good chapter of the week for the audience and myself and Brian. I, I yeah, I just really love the nuance and the technique and stuff. Um, one of the things that I really 
appreciate about Sukuna that like, you know, is is an underplayed thing, but he's like a guy who understands this power system better than pretty much anybody else in the verse. Like, yeah, I think he just has a, a, a an intrinsic understanding like that's deeper than pretty much every character in this. It's why he's able to just like look at something and then learn it in one shot. I think even, I think he just like understands what curses are where nobody really has that understanding. He's like a, he's like an OG of the sport. He's like a veteran in the league, you know, of yeah. Jujutsu Sorcerers. If you're looking at it through a sports thing, he's just been playing the game for so long that he just, you can't, he's seen everything. He's LeBron. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's LeBron. If LeBron was also a murdering sociopath. Uh, but man, this was, uh, yeah, this is just so cool to see like this kind of stuff being broken down by the characters and everybody just genuinely being as invested as we are. Um, I don't, yeah, I also don't think this particularly ends here. I would be surprised if it did, but Akutami has a way of uh, destroying characters in the most heartless way possible. So there's a tiny piece of me that the next, pa- uh, that thinks that the very next panel is going to be Gojo dropping dead and then Sukuna just explaining how he had him all along. Yeah. I just wonder if, like, I just wonder if Gojo does have something that we haven't seen yet. I'm sure he does. Like, a lot of the a lot of the things that we were surprised by with Gojo is not like, um, it's not that he has anything new with his curse technique. It's just the way that he applies his curse technique that's 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 been expanded upon. Mm-hmm. But I just wonder if he has more to to his curse technique. You know. Well, here's the thing that I also. I don't really like want to doubt Gojo just yet, just because ever since that battle with Toji, he's pretty much committed himself to improving his already broken curse technique. So, like, he realized that in that moment that, like, I, I have to improve myself. You know, like, my power is not simply the end-all be-all, and that I have to... Jujutsu, like, curse technique is a, is a, is a skill that you hone and if you don't hone it you're pretty much dead um so i i feel like gojo also has a lot to show and i like i still want to maybe this is a little naive but i still want to posit that he somehow wins (laughs) i think he will i still think gojo wins this fight yeah i don't know why but i just have a feeling i mean i'm 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 like my more rational brain is like yeah, he's going to die here, but... <laughs> it's because we haven't seen him get challenged in a long time. Get serious? We haven't seen him get challenged like Toji challenged him. And we can still see, like, they they still bring it up to this day, how much that affected him. Mm-hmm. And I think people forget who he is when he's under pressure, you know? Yeah. He also once said that even with Sukuna having all his fingers, it would be a challenge, but he would win in the end. And I think that would be a very interesting plot twist if Akutami, like, stuck by that. The reason why I say um, 
The reason why I say Gojo wins this. Oh shit! I fucking lost my thought, my train of thought. Damn. Uh, well, but that's unfortunate. Well, yeah, it is. Well, if you think about it again, let me know. But uh, uh I'll say this. Yeah, I think that's uh, those are all my thoughts really for Jujutsu Kaisen. It's a fucking awesome chapter. I can't. I'm so glad again that it's not off next week. Uh, very Damn. excited to 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 read more. Um, but that is all I have to say about Jujutsu. Any uh, rebuttals? Anything else about it? Nopers. Josh? Um, I don't know. Man. All right. Find the page. Uh, anyway, uh, carry on. Carry um, on. All right. Well, <laughs> I, let's uh, let's move onward to the next series. Tell that pussy clad girl me know what. My Hero Academia. This is My Hero Academia, chapter three hundred and ninety-three. A girl's ego. Um, last we left off, we had gotten a little more deeper into Toga's backstory. Um. We know that she has, I, apparently, like she's not murdered anybody in her past up to the point she, like, right before she joined the League. You know, she became a villain later in life after a life of people just assuming that she murdered all these people because her quirk. Wait, 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 wait. She didn't pop her murder cherry? I think that's what, yeah, I think that's what, like, we're supposed to have gotten from that flashback. Wow. And I don't know if it's true. That's why we'll get into it, but. uh, No way. But, yeah, so she, she, we learned that, you know, she became uh, a murderer later. And, um, you know, after society had basically assumed that she was uh was a murderer because her blood her quirk is based in uh ingesting other people's blood um so you know she ended up in the league um and she was fighting uraraka and and uh and suyu who were are just trying to like talk her down and defuse the situation um by talking to her um and she and manages to end up uh toga ends up managing to stab Uraraka uh, in midair. Um, and that's where, and the chapter ended with uh, going into a different flashback where uh, Twice was asking her if she, why does she have her own villain name? So we pick up uh, continuing that flashback and we see uh, the villains, uh, the League of Villains trying to uh, come up with a little name for her, you know, so she will, so, you know, she can have a cool villain name. Um, and Dobby is just like <laughs> stupid. That's just some pr- crowd pleasing crap. A holdover from the quirk registration system. And uh, Mr. Compress is like, "Well, your name's Dobby, so it's not your name." <laughs> um, Shigaraki goes on to explain that like they're base they're basically used to be no difference between heroes and villains. That uh, there was a theory behind the idea of like naming yourself in the first place as an alias for when you started having an anonymous enemy and they needed to call you by something. So they would give you an alias and eventually like P 
people started going in all in on their code names. And um, this was kind of like the little spark that created a superhero society in the first place. Um, so, you know, Shigaraki is like, but I'm good, though. I don't need a name, you know. And uh, Toga's like, yay, this is why I joined the League. And she says, I want to live as Himiko Toga. And we... Um, hmm? Did they mention what Dobby's name means? What Dobby means? No. Do you know what Dobby means? Yeah, apparently it means cremation. Nice. So his name is Cremation. Yeah. It's a pretty cool superhero, uh, supervillain name. Um, but anyway, uh, we cut back to the present. Uh, Toga has just stabbed Uraraka. Um, Uraraka manages to hold on to twice, oh, to uh, Toga and um, causes her to float with her zero gravity uh, quirk. And um, as she's floating away, she yells out that, um, oh, yeah, she says, like, your rules don't tell me not to pity you, but don't you dare. And Uraraka says that it's not pity, and she's like, well, you know just the right things, but in the end, you'll toss me into a cage on death row, or you'll murder me outright, just like they did to Jin. And she says, like, win or lose, it's survival of the fittest. It's like a fucking... You, kill or be killed type of thing. Um, and Uraka mentions like, that's seems like the obvious truth for us both. And, um, Toga is like, if it's not pity, then it's your ego talking. And if this is a, if, if our egos is clashing, then you're dead meat hero. And, um, she just continues to create, uh, shape shifted clones of, uh, Uraka and the others, um, and continues on the barrage um, the news people are looking on in like just horror because uh, they mentioned that quirks grow stronger with every generation until no one can hope to control them. So, you know, this is like the start of a doomsday theory. And, and now that theory is like coming true here as this one girl uh, are, is transforming the very world with her emotions. And uh, she sends away, uh, Toga sends a wave of clones after Uraraka um, Uraka just barely like fights them off, touching them and activating her quirk, um, sending a bunch of, uh, clones floating. Um, so, you know, they're like the, the, tw the Toga clones are like, so what if we're floating? No damage done. And, uh, Uraka says like, exactly. That's the point. My zero gravity isn't a power for hurting people. Um, so you know, uh, Uraka goes on to continue to shout out that uh, you've intentionally killed people. I can't wipe your slate, uh, your slate clean. But when I saw your face, it's like I had no choice. But there must—I figured there must have been a reason that because you looked really sad when um, I last saw you in that war. Um, and uh, Toga's like, "I'm not sad. You're sad." Uh, <laughs> and Uraka's huh. like, "True." We both were. And she's like, you scared me back then in the forest because I didn't understand you back then. And also, you were trying to stab me, right? That was the thing. <laughs> that, was, that was a good reason to get scared. But um, she's like, given the situation, how could you grin like that? Such a genuine smile. And it's her, like, <laughs> scary smile. And um, The fiend smile. Yeah. The, the, me. <laughs> I just stabbed someone. Um, Arch fiend toga smile. The what? Archfiend Toga. Yeah. 
Yeah, she was going crazy with that smile. Um, in that moment, she also remembers twice told her that, like, you'll live as Himikotoga. Sounds great. Drop all the bodies like you like and become whoever the hell you want. Cool. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, she just remembers that people have told her to stop making that creepy smile. And uh, Uraka is like, I know I pushed you away that one time. And maybe this is a world uh, where uh, where you could be yourself. And uh, she's like, I know that. But even so, I've observed so many happy faces in my time. But being able to declare what you love and doing it with your, with a smile, doing it and do it with your whole face. And she says that your smile is so perfect. And honestly, I'm jealous of that. Um and at that point, that's when Toga starts crying and, you know, she continues to remember people like saying that her smile was like devious and stuff. And she's uh, it's combat. It's like contrasted with Toga being like, and I never and I don't want to pretend I never saw your amazing smile. And uh, by touching one of the twice clones, she is able to transmit her quirk through all of them, causing all of them to float upward. Um, and the chapter ends with a big uh two-page spread where she reaches out towards Toka and uh, asks her, is like, look, I can't erase all your crimes and approve of everything you've done, but if you, if any part of you feels like talking to me, you could have a lifetime's worth of my blood, so let's have that chat about romance, Himiko Toga. And the last panel is, like, kid versions of Toga and Uraka, with Uraka offering her hand out for uh, Toga to have some of her blood. And uh, that's where the chapter ends. Uh, Josh, what did you think about My Hero Academia, chapter 393? Josh? Josh? God damn, the mute. Um, <laughs> that, that lessens the impact of what I was about to say. Yeah. RGT. Whoa. Ah, what the Whoa. fuck? Whoa. Certified yeah, I'm a little shocked, Brian, but at the same time, I can understand. Um, but so straight up, I think this was an uh, an incredibly well executed chapter for a handful of reasons. I told, I, I said it on the podcast a handful of times that I was willing to be paid. I wanted to see where where he would go with this story um and i've been i i I was satisfied with this chapter so i think it was really i think i think um this is the excuse me the first time that i looked at toga as such a threat um i realized that not only you know is she using an entirely different person's quirk and their strongest move at that with twice right but then she's infusing her own copies into it she's she's reaching a whole new level um just period (laughs) so i i I, it that took me aback a little bit um so i was thoroughly impressed by that where i feel like all the flashy stuff i've been seeing recently is kind of just like met i don't know what did it for me this time but um, you know, the conversation that they've been having up to this point hasn't really been that potent to me. 
Uh, nothing has really stood out, but it's kind of crazy how that all changed, like within these last pages. So um, it's the fact that Uraka, all right, what really did it for me was that Uraka is truly acknowledging that, you know, this had, has society not been the way it was in this hero world, you know, she could have been, you know, somebody that had been treated normally and not fell into the places that she fell into, which leads me to thinking about, you know, uh, early on in the chapter, which, you know, was really cool for me because it, it, it brought back like earlier in the manga vibes when the villains were just like kind of hanging out, like, you know, in between arcs and shit. And, you know, Toga talks about when they're talking about like hero names and all that, they have an interesting conversation. I'm, you know, I'm not going to get into it, but um, Toga just mentions that she wants to be herself, which it was, it was really, it was important that it was said that, you know, that that was said in the beginning and how they ended, you know, the chapter with Raka because she wouldn't have been pushed to this villain group had, had it not been for society. She never wanted to be a villain per se. They were just the only people that accepted her, you know? And I, I'm i not saying that point hasn't ever been made already, but this was, in my opinion, the best attempt and, 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 and the most effective way of getting that across. She truly is a victim. Like, this is what Shigaraki was talking about when he is talking about how much he hates hero society in the beginning, when he used to scratch his face like a crackhead and be all interested in shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, this, this is a true and effective criticism of the hero society and the change that needs to be made. And Uraka completely understands that. And it's completely within her character because she has always been understanding. And it doesn't come off as sappy. Because she, she genuinely wants to see people be happy, which is why she's suited to be a hero, much like Deku and, the ham, and a bunch of the other, uh, you know, kids, et cetera, right? So it, it just feels so organic and natural, this conversation happening. And she's saying, like, look, like, things have happened in the past. You know, I, we can't. She says it straight up that the, the slate can't be wiped. But we can have a conversation. I can try and talk to you as the human you are. and and we can make, you know, probably try to make sure that nobody, that this never happens to anybody else like you. Uh, I, I think, I think that's profound. I think this is the stuff that I was looking forward to reading this series. And I'm really, if I'm going to be proud of fictional characters, I am proud of Raka in this moment. Like the action was cool. Her, even her, she had a cool moment with her ability. I. You made a comment about the art last week, Chris, that I just really agree with. It's kind of hard to follow, like, the jumbled scenes. He doesn't do it as well as Oda does. <laughs> Oda's, like, a, a master of organized chaos, like, clean chaos. Um, but still, like, Raka had her moments, and she took mad damage and still pressed forward. Like, she really held it down. And honestly, you guys already know, I would have loved to see more of Uraka and the rest of the other uh, students, you know, stretched out in, in a longer series with more character building. But 
but what we're gonna get this was um this felt very complete for me um it feels like like toga crying right now and maybe having a hug or however however this is going to be resolved whether it's nice or something tragic happens it's gonna it's gonna feel earned to me um and i'm i have an emotional stake in it it, it commented on something that i feel like we could learn in real life and it it's like i said great execution in, in a chapter as far as you know the characters and and, and their situations a uh, round of applause for me from me on this chapter i really enjoyed reading it that's actually huge coming from you. Yeah. So Brian, how'd you feel about this chapter? Um, I don't know. For some reason, I just couldn't get into this plot line. Um, mainly because of like the context around the, the, the scene. I feel like this would have been like a hugely, uh, a much better, um, this would have been a much better story arc if Deku wasn't involved, <clears throat> you know? Um, I wish that it was just Uraraka's thing and it wasn't connected to him at all because it feels like something that should be, like, separated, you know? It feels... This moment is very much not involved with Deku at all, but for some reason, uh, they just felt the need to throw this onto him. Uh, or throw him into this when he really didn't need to. Um, I just, I really, I really, after hearing us talk about it, I like it a lot more. Um, but I don't know. It feels a little too late for me to be invested in this storyline, you know? But I'm sure if I reread the series, I'll enjoy it a little bit better. But as for now, I, you know, the art's incredible. Um, I understand the message they were going for, but it just feels like it took, a, it took a few of, a few wrong routes to get to where it needed to be. For me, at least. Um, do you have more thoughts? Because I actually have a rebuttal. No, I don't. <laughs> All right. So, in defense of the situation with Deku, I've actually had a revelation as well with that. I, 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 that's why I'm glad. I'm actually glad you brought that up. So, Deku is actually really important and relevant to the dynamic between Toga and Uraka, and it's much clearer now. Um, you can see that, like, that's kind of how they, how the chapter was ended. She says, so let's have that chat about romance, Himiko Toga, right? So, initially, I thought it was just something thrown into the mix because, oh, these girls like the boy, the, the MC, boy, the chat, you know what I'm saying, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But now, what I see it as is more, it's like, just something common that they can talk about as regular people. Mm -hmm. And that being the link. I mean, Toga Beat was attracted to Deku, which is normal, you know, aside from the bloodthirsty tendencies that come with, you know, her psychosis and her quirk, right? 
but otherwise being attracted to someone is a pretty normal and talk you know like relatable thing and not only do both of them you know have those same feelings and, and are trying to explore those they even have similar feelings so it's the same person you know so that's something that they could relate and talk about and, and kind of has always been just this this regular issue this common you know thing that connects people like all right so Take this for an example, right? Say like you 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 put two people in a room, right? You put a black person, right, and you put a, a white person that's a white supremacist, but they don't know who's in the room with each other. They can't tell each other's voice, and they ask them general questions about things, right? And let's say they happen to relate on certain things. They crack like they relate to certain jokes or certain media, and have a good time, and they realize they could probably be friends because you know they had a good laugh. But it just so happens that, you know, like, you know, had he known what he actually was, like, you know, he was like the white person talking to a black person, right? You go where I'm going with this. He, mm-hmm. He'd have an issue with this. So my thing is, Uraka's look, I think, like, the significance of her saying that at the end and with the Deku issue with them is that she's like, yo, like, that has been one of the things that has kind of made Uraka believe that she can relate and make a meaningful connection with Toga. And that, and therefore, you know, making her like a person worth saving and worth, and worth hearing out. You know, she's a, you know, a flaw, a, a very flawed person, but a person nonetheless. That, you know, that's kind of the best way I could put it. Those are my thoughts. I just, I guess the deck would like... validated. I guess Toga kind of appeals to like the human aspect of heroes, you know, um, like Dobby's Dobby's um, story comes from the pressure of hero society. Um, Toga is the human side of hero society, like you know everything that's wrong with that aspect. Um, so I guess this you know makes sense that you know. You know, Uraka is trying to find like a human connection with her because that's exactly afforded to her. Exactly. That's exactly the case. And Deku is just one of the relevant connections they they can talk about amongst other things, the more they would hang out and, and learn from each other as friends do. I think you hit the hell on the net exactly. Like she has not been given that same experience that normal people do you know and what's what's her flaw that she wants to suck the blood of people that she really likes you know that's pretty rough but i think that could be worked (laughs) you know what i mean to say someone should be a a psychopath and should be put like away from people you know you try to work with that that's her you know figure out what it is does it need to actually be blood can it can is there something she could chew on when she starts feeling that that could replicate the satisfaction, you know what I'm saying? There's, yeah. There's more we can do as a society. I mean, look at all the technology and quirks they had. They could figure. Honestly, something I out. could picture. Yeah, I could actually picture Uraka like, visiting her and visiting Toga in prison and talking to her about shit. Right, and every time she wants to suck Uraka's blood, she either just lets her do it because she's cool with her like that because that's her friend, or 
she can be using the, some medical shit that they made to help her with it. And it could be practice. So she can, you know, be talking to her friend genuinely and helping her recover. I mean, you know, helping her deal with, well, like, you know, her issues or whatever. Hold on. Rehabilitate. I, I think there's a bit of a misconception about that because I, Toga doesn't have, like, an addiction to that. Like, she does not, she's not like a vampire, you know? She doesn't need to, or have, like, a need to suck blood. It's just her quirk. If she wants to use her quirk, she needs to suck the blood of whoever she wants to transform into. It's not necessarily yeah. that she has like an impulse towards it, but it is it is like the deactivating factor of her quirk. So a lot of people mm. assume that that's her issue. When if we if we look at the flashbacks where they were talking about how there was a bird who landed at uh in her backyard who died, and uh, they assumed that Toga killed it so that she could suck their blood. Which is leading to, like, I feel like Horikoshi was trying to signal us to believe that she didn't kill this bird. She didn't kill her friend back in the day, the boy she liked. Or as far as I understand. Or, or like, you know, she didn't, like, there was this friend who was injured and she was, like, just, you know, just trying to, like, like, you know, um, kiss the boo-boo or whatever in that sense when she was younger. But, you know, it's not an impulse thing for her. She's not, like... Her, oh, her I, need... I see. So yeah, what you're her... saying is that she she found out about the quirk when she did that out of just like reaction, the same way anybody else would, right? Yeah. Like a normal person, right? Right. And then and then after people found out that that was her quirk, they started to assume right. that she was making things happen in order to use her quirk, where really she just happened to be in situation and was like, well, if it's already bleeding out, I might as well. See what's up. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's I'm very fortunate in the fact that I've I've read my Hero Academia recently, and Toga's flashback in particular takes place over like several arcs, so it's very fragmented in the way we understand back Toga's backstory. Because I believe she does kill a, a young boy, and that's what sets her on her path to like run away. Because her need is she she doesn't have an impulsive need to suck people's blood but she has like her ability because she wants to transform into people who are like more ideal in society that's why she has an infatuation for uh for that young boy who was like a good kid and everybody like liked him and stuff and there's Deku who is like the ideal good guy Uraraka who's just a, a very nice person that was her deal it was more like to become them because they represent the ideal of society. And maybe if she could be like them, she would be more accepted. So that's her like entire motivation, as far as I understand, as you know, in, in terms of Deku and, and Uraka. And I think like she does have a genuine attraction towards Deku, but um, I think that's like more of the philosophy behind Toga is that she is like society has rejected her. And because her, powers are assumed to be evil people assume her to be evil so she just like had a psychotic break and fell into that she's almost like she's like if shinso were to let all that stuff yeah if shinso were to let all that stuff get to him that's why shinso is so important to the story in that way because it kind of sets up like shinso like toga is evil shinso like if shinso gave up on society and 
decided to mm-hmm. just like give in and just like man fuck it then I'll, I guess that's what I'll be then you know uh but yeah, I think uh, that's. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna be a hero no matter what. Yeah, Shinso is lucky to have the disposition that he had, and you know, to not let it really get to him, and you know, to stick to his ideal. But not everybody can like have that mindset, you know. So, and Toga is like someone who is that. I, you know, there's, you know, we've seen like different examples of people being discriminated because of their quirks, whether they were like heteromorphs or, you know, people like Shinso and Toga. Who just had evil sounding quirks, so everybody looked at them funny forever. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to clear that up, I guess. Um, who's left for the for the League of Villains? Uh, I think they got through is everybody. It just, is it just? I guess we're because Compress back to, is not in the game anymore. We already pretty much took care of Spinner. Like, so are we going back to? Um, you think we're going back to Deku next chapter, or? I feel like there's gonna be like a little bit of closure with this first, and then we'll probably get to it. That was a good point, Josh. Thanks for bringing that up. Mm, I, know, I like I like this storyline a little bit more now that I think about it. I, I seriously think I just need to reread the series because for some reason Yo, same. The, for some reason this Toga arc just always had a bad taste in my mouth and I don't know why I really need to reread it to really understand what's going on yeah because um, I'm not sure why I have like a disdain for this for this well, um, for this plot I guess uh, uh again in my thought because I, I I don't I I'm not I don't feel dissimilar to you Brian I feel like even now this this arc or this particular you know plot line is kind of like it's not my favorite still but i i do appreciate it a lot more i feel like he brought it home a little easier than than he introduced it because a lot of it was i feel like horikoshi spent a lot of time keeping a lot of things mysterious when he probably didn't have to you know, yeah. so there was a lot of there's like certain characters that we didn't get a lot of investment in because he didn't he took too long to really explore them. And I understand like I understand that he was trying to kind of uh, keep the mystery an air of mystery around his characters. But, you know, going into the final arc, I feel like it would have helped to have a stronger investment in Toga so that we could have this resolution hit hard immediately you know so we wouldn't have to like think back to everything we know about toga which has been like dropped in sparingly across the series um but yeah i i i i'll say this i I did appreciate how he tied it all together I'm, i'm really glad that you know it came together a little better um I wasn't super high on it, but that's mostly because I I wasn't just I I'm just not fully invested in this particular plot line. But Josh actually breaking it down also helped me appreciate it a little bit more. Cuz I was thinking about like the Deku connection as well and I feel like I came to the same conclusion as Josh where Deku it's not necessarily about Deku specifically. Like Deku is uh is kind of a like Josh said a common ground or just like romance in general, 
is like a common ground mm-hmm. for them to come together as as you know teenage girls for a minute and just be human beings you know uh to establish like an emotional connection so and uraraka is like perfect for that one thing i will add to that uh whole dynamic is i feel like um it doesn't exactly match up but i feel like uraraka being jealous of toga's certainty in herself and what she wants and you know what she loves and uraraka being more of a shy person is really kind of deep in its own way where you know we've seen uraraka like kind of dance around her feelings for deku and she's like closer than toga to him so i feel and i feel like toga wouldn't have been as coy about it if the yeah even if the if the situations were reversed and toga weren't a villain and she was a student in a in ua she would be like upfront with deku about how she feels and all that stuff and uh we've seen uraraka like have conf like issues with her confidence and it is cool to see them come together in that moment and make toga feel seen as a person and list off the good quality that she has for all her life being told that she has nothing but bad qualities so you know that's very touching i would say yeah i think uraka could also relate almost like a little bit in a way because she's always felt less than she Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying she's never been confident in herself and has probably projected that onto how others look at her you know what I'm saying? So even though it's not even close to the same, it's, it's it, she can somewhat empathize and put herself in a position. She really is the perfect person to reach out to Koga. Yeah. Um, but it looks like Horikoshi's on a on a trend of uh, sticking the landing, so that gives me hope for how the series is going to end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, he might yeah. have like bumped into like several tree. Like he's, you know, when a when a character is falling down and then he like like from the Do- sky and he lands on a tree, <laughs> <laughs> and he's hitting every single branch and then he just lands at the bottom, perfectly fine. That's what Horikoshi's doing right now. <laughs> well, when you think about it, like you know, I, I've made this point before, but the League of Villains are like a particularly, uh very well thought out group of villains they're different from other villain groups you know like that very first couple of pages where they're all interacting you know is like what separates the league of villains from a lot of different villain groups is that they seem like genuine people and friends and well not friends i guess but like you know they're acquaintances and they care about each other to some degree you know they're I feel like Horikoshi put a lot of thought into the core group of the league and what they each had to say about hero society and how the kids can see ways to improve society based on what they've been through. So it it doesn't surprise me that he sticks the landing on all of these hero, like all the main villain, you know, fights because these are basically the core thesis of this series that I believe he's had in his mind the whole time. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm glad that he is sticking the landing, you know, <laughs> if anything. But I'm also, you know, I'm, I wouldn't uh, expect any different just because I feel like the League of Villains is a, is a 
he really cares about these characters, not just as antagonists, but as characters. Oh, wait, I guess we got to find out what happened with All Might before we go back to Deku. Oh, yeah. Well, right. we'll probably, mm, we'll probably well. like spend some time with Deku and then All Might will be brought in. He'll be in pieces. His yeah. neck will be in pieces. You know, his arms will be ripped apart. And stuff. His neck specifically will be in pieces. Yeah, his neck will be shattered into many pieces. I meant his neck, the, uh, the, the arms. Oh, you said mech. Oh, the mech. Yeah. I thought you said neck. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I don't think he's going to be dead. I think he's just going to be maimed. Yeah. And then we get it. And then, then like, that's going to be like, it's going to, like, at the end of one chapter, it's going to cut to him like defeated and then the next chapter is going to be how it happened yeah <laughs> going to be all dramatic he's going to be like oh <laughs> all's all busted up yeah and all for one's like hey <laughs> you're an old man hmm. <laughs> yeah you couldn't this defeat me fun. in your weak form you think that you could have defeated me in your weak form yeah, this wasn't even satisfying. <laughs> I must say, I didn't think this was how it was going to end between us. But, yeah. You I mean, started this, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's all I had to say about my hero. Um, that's all I got to say. Sick. Well, great chapter. Great chapter. I mean, hey, it got this much discussion after out of us, and, you know. My, think... When doesn't my hero do this though? True. Let's. Uh, hey, it's a good series. Even if it's a, even if it in in its down, uh, down spirals sometimes it could be, at least interesting to talk about. And I think the worst crime you could commit as a piece of art is be boring. And my hero academia is certainly not boring. Um. But anyway, uh, we got we ready to move on. Yes. Then let's Yes. Black Clover. This is Black Clover, Chapter 364, Do or Die. Uh, last we left off, the Black Bulls have assembled to protect uh, the the gate. Uh, what was it? The Door of Fate to uh, teleport Zora. Uh, Asta from uh, the Land of the Sun over to the Clover Kingdom to help out against the battle against uh, uh, damn Lucius. Um, so, you know, the Black Bulls have all squatted up to stop Damnatio, who has arrived to destroy the the, the door uh, or the gate. And yeah, they all squat up and go for it. Um, basically, the person that they're... Damnatio is stronger than a Supreme Devil, so... They're going to have to defend it with their very lives. Um, so Damnatio starts off by using his magic absorption to, I guess, siphon the uh, mana from uh, the Black Bulls. Uh, it, this, the strategy seems to be... Oh, no, wait. Sorry. I'm, Henry is using his magic absorption. My bad. I forgot that was his ability. Um, he's trying to drain uh, the scale energy. Um, so... They're trying to seal that away, but uh, Damnatio uses his fucking magic sword to basically destroy uh, the Black Bull's headquarters in 
like basically two strokes of the sword. Uh, pretty. He put it in a holy cross. Yeah, he said judgment. Nothing's more judgmental yeah. than Jesus. You heathen. <laughs> Take that. Feel the fiery judgments of Jesus Christ. And. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Christian was baptized. <laughs> and Brian. Yeah, Brian. Both, I, yeah. Brian, Brian was in the water. It's okay. We'll just go to confession or something. Um. So you know, that didn't work out. They're not doing great, but um, they seem to. Gray helps them out with her abilities, I guess. And in the meantime, uh, knocked with the other black bulls pulls up to uh, defend against uh, the paladins and uh, oh well uh, what's his face Demnatio and the angel things that are shooting beams at them uh, nice Zora takes seems to take it directly in the chest uh, it, it just like hey yo hey yo uh, it seems to impale him completely um, or unless that's not unless like that's all cursed that trap shit that he does and it passes through him or whatever. He doesn't seem damaged by it particularly, uh, but I hope I hope. Well, ho- your hope won't last very long because, uh, <laughs> they're still getting rocked. Magna gets hit really bad. Uh, so does luck. Um, and, uh, yeah, we Zora and, uh, knocked pull up and they also get one shotted. Um, but they stand up to it. They, they get back up and uh, Damnation was like, do these people intend to hold out with these fool, this, this, these desperate suicide attacks? And he notices the that, fools. The fools. Uh, he notices that uh, Gray is using their restoration, uh, her restoration uh, powers, while uh, oh, damn, what's this? What's this guy's name? I, I remembered it last week. <laughs> Mirror Man. Yeah, you did. Ah, oh, shit. Yeah. Gauch. There you go. I remember Gauch. Uh, (laughs) uh, Well, Gauch is making copies of her and, uh, you know, so that all of them could have their own gray that is, I guess, healing them or restoring them, which is pretty sick. Pretty sick strategy. But then uh, Damnatio instantly finds the real gray uh, hidden underneath Charmy's giant sheep thing. Um, What did he use? Fucking... Holy Biakugan? Locator? How did that happen? He just squinted and was like, oh, "Mm." there you are. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what he used um, because he just zooms over to her and he's like, found you. And he slashes over towards Gray, but Gauche gets in the way. Doesn't help much because she gets slashed anyway. So both of them got slashed. Um, Yeah. No fun. It looks like Gauche gets cut in half. Yeah, it's not looking good for either of them because uh the next page as uh you know the witches and uh Finral are you know trying to keep the magic going the gate going uh we get a two-page spread seeing gauche and gray seemingly dead um dying if not dying uh you know um and all of the black bulls fall to the ground because you know their magic fades away and gray is unable to keep their restoration going. Um, meanwhile, Ryu is watching all of this, like, mm. <laughs> Ooh. well, after 
<laughs> yeah, Asta's like, everybody? Um, but fear not, uh, we get a big-ass two-page spread of um, Nero going ceiling magic. And uh, I don't know what she did exactly, but um, the there are a number of Black Bulls still standing despite being cut up and beat up beyond recognition. Um, you know, I think everybody but Gauch and Gray get up again. Um, so yeah, the Black Bulls are still in it, are still in the fight. And, um, I'm hoping they, they get it in pretty bad. Uh, they, they, they show Damnatio who's who before Asta comes in and Raffles stomps him. Yeah. For what he did to his friends. Um, but yeah, that's where the chapter ends. Uh, Josh, what did you think about Black Clover chapter 364? This is a high ass chapter. On my first read through of the chapters, this was my favorite one. And then um, the second read through honed in on my hero. And then on the third, reflecting with Shaw, I had to bump this down to third place and put Jujutsu Kaisen on the second because it actually was ridiculous. But with all that I said, yeah, I was excited about this chapter. There's a lot of action. Um, they was really giving it up crazy. And it wasn't, I don't think like, these squabbles were insignificant. We were seeing awesome, like really cool combos of their powers, like them like coordinating each other, making these super cheese. Um, or like you know them being able to heal and, and, and make copies so that they you know can keep fighting through the attack. That's you know under under any other circumstances, they was fighting anything else but one of these guys. He'd be unstoppable. I like them. That's that's nice to know. Black Bulls ain't nothing to fuck with. They probably the strongest brigade right now. Mm-hmm. Golden Dawn. I ain't gonna lie. Golden Dawn don't want no fucking problems. No. Hard. No. 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 Golden Dawn. Yeah. Golden Dawn again. The only hard. reason they're up there is because of you know. <laughs> yeah. As Brian would say. Yeah, you know, hard carries the guard. Golden Dawn. <laughs> I mean, I have. I have all faith that Yuno could probably deal with the Black Bulls minus Asta, like on his own. <laughs> Not saying he would definitely win, but he could fight them all and hold like how Damnatio is. But yeah, man, these niggas is real, and and this chapter displayed that really nicely. And I have a prediction. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, ceiling magic when they were all dead and how they rise like zombies, but really, you know the. They're like the devil brigade. So it's all just a nice theme. Real metal. Um, but this is my prediction. I think that they I think some of these guys are gonna die. Mm. I don't think all of them are, but I think a handful of them are gonna die. And um all right, initially I thought that because of the spell. Like it meant that they like all she was doing was prolonging them from dying, like set it like setting a timer or something like that, you know, so that they could just keep rising up until the timer goes and then they just sustain all the damage, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but something like that happened in the gray man, actually. I don't know if you remember when they was fighting on that ship in the water. I actually don't remember. It was oh, it was crazy, man. The whole like this, this this lady like she her 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 power was like time based so she froze time like on the ship so anything that happened to them like 
you know, nothing really happened. Mm. But when her power, like she tried to hold down her power as long as she could until they got to shore. And the crazy thing is she knew that it was going to happen and all the crewmates knew it was going to happen, but the main character, like, didn't. Like, Alan. So he was like, why aren't y'all coming off the ship? Like, what's going on? And it was like, yo, like, this is it. <laughs> and then he looked at the the girl that had the power and she was, like, struggling crazy, chill, trying to hold it, like, down. Mm-hmm. And they was just saying, like, it's okay, you know, like, it's time. And he still didn't understand. It was really, it was really sad. And she, you know, let go of the power and it fucking, everything got reduced to dust. Because, like, the fight, they, like, the ship was taking mad damage, too. And then it kept, like, you know, coming back, like, reforming. Like, you know, like, time would just, like, reverse real quick and revert it back to where it was. So I, I feel like that might happen. But because this is Black Clover, I don't think it's going to be that sad. I, you know, plus they're with the witches. They're probably going to change reality so that they didn't die or something. I don't know. <laughs> this, it could go either way, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe the author really wants to make an impact to end this series and says, yeah, yeah, like, let me... Let's increase the stakes. Give something, give Asa something to really be mad about. Yeah. And the readers to really feel some kind of way about. God with a bang. He doesn't have to worry about keeping the series afloat. That's true. You could say they all went out like gangsters. They're not all going to get a, a one-on-one fight at this point. We know that. That's memorable. This is something we talk about for years. Yo, remember the Black Wolves went out like fucking kings? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like zombie kings. Who is it that's casting this the... This is part of the, the war on the, in the Bronx. Um, I forget her real name, but that's Nero. Uh, she's... Uh, oh! I complete... That's the bird, right? Yeah, it's the bird lady. <laughs> yeah, maybe she's going to die. Maybe she'll absorb all the damage into herself or something like that and sacrifice. We'll see. We could go a lot of ways. Is there shit again? Damn, I complete. I I reread the series and I completely forgot about her. There's a lot of characters in Black Clover. <laughs> yeah. Was she the most recent like addition to the Black Bulls? Or was she, she came in during like it... the war, like the war against the elves? So. Or was it Mask Guy? I think I think Zora was the newest member, if I remember right. But I could I could be kind of wrong about that. Yeah, yeah. Newest member is Zora. The newest person to like make the most radical change was the girl, mm-hmm. the shapeshifter slash healer. Oh, I see what she's doing now. You, so you guys know what the ceiling magic is, right? You remember? Oh no! You tell us. I I don't remember really. Not specifically. So, so her sealing magic is like a temporary healing thing, right? Like it'll it can it'll temporarily seal people's physical injuries and allow them to keep fighting. But I, I think it's only until like the magic wears off. Oh yeah, Josh. So, so you're right. Yeah, so she, so they are essentially like tied together with, they're like held together by duct tape, essentially. With the yes, that is the yeah. Oh, oh, well, 
you you keep going, Brian. What were your thoughts? I guess. Um, I have a theory on what's going to happen. Oh, Brian has a black clover theory. <laughs> How far so he's come? Seeing, seeing Gouch get fucking and clap like that. Welcome back, John. Um, yeah. seeing Gouch get clap like this confirmed to me that nobody's gonna die. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> Everybody will survive at the end of this arc. You want to know why? Why? Because Asta is going to come back. He's going to fight fucking... Uh, who the fuck is... What's his name again? The Damnatio? No, the other guy. Lucius? Yeah, Lucius. He's going he's gonna to come back. He's going to fight Lucius. And he's going to be like, Julius, come back! Will you... Power of friendship. I want to be Wizard King stuff, right? Julius is gonna come back somehow, and he's going to use his time magic at the cost of his own life to reverse everyone back to life. And then he's gonna be like, Asta, you know, seems like one of you are gonna have to be the new Wizard King, and then he's gonna die. And then the series is gonna end. With Asta and you know fighting for the title of Wizard King, and it's gonna leave it up in the air. We're not gonna know who's gonna become the Wizard King at yeah, the end Ryan. of the series. You predicted I'm, the entire I'm, series. I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now based off of one panel of Gouch getting clapped. Gouch. Damn, dude, you know him. You know Tabata personally. I didn't think you would take it this far. <laughs> when we told you to read Black Clover, I didn't think that you'd make a personal and strong friendship with the author of the series. <laughs> I called it. I've called it. We are not going to know who the Wizard King is at the end of the series. Okay. That's what you said. Um, I, I guess I'll get into my thoughts then. Uh, this was my second favorite chapter. This shit was so shonen. And man, yeah. Tabata... Man, nobody does shonen like this guy anymore. You know, it's... I feel like he, I've said this before, but I feel like Black Clover is the last of its kind. You know, they won't yeah, be. Yeah, everybody's trying to be too deep. Yeah, everybody's like trying to be too deep and dark. Uh, Super technical. One Piece almost doesn't count because it is from that time. You know, so it is. It is one of the one of the originators of this form of shonen. But yeah, I don't think there will be another one like this after <laughs> after Black Clover. And I don't know. Tabata is still around, so. Oh, if he does another one. Tabata sounds yeah. like Chibata. It does Chibata. indeed sound like Chibata. Like Chibata bread. Oh, oh yes. Yo. Chibata a lot of bread? Nice. Um, But yeah, this, was, this, this last two-page spread with all of them rising up like zombies is one of the coolest things. He's very good at making his characters look super cool and determined. And I love it every time. And I was like, yes, let's go. Look at Luck looking like a goddamn psycho. Yeah, he, I, I, Luck is my favorite. This is his favorite favorites. thing in the world. Zora looks reasonably hurt and he's like, damn, why did I do this? But I'm here. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm very excited to see how this uh, turns out. I would be surprised if anybody really died here, but I would put I would respect 
Tabata a lot if somebody did die. Hopefully it's not Magna or Zora. Uh, but yeah, I would. Uh, I think that's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the crazy thing is, it looked like like he got cut really bad. <laughs> they all seen Zoro specifically. They all got chopped in half. Like at one point or another, they were all like, like cut open, and cut in half, like ciabatta bread. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by <laughs> ciabatta bread. You know, the whole genre of it. Yeah, he's he's using ciabatta bread magic, Damnatio. Um, <laughs> anyway, that, those are my thoughts. This is just uh, so fun, so shonen. I loved every second. Uh, this was my second favorite chapter of the week. If uh, Jujutsu Kaisen wasn't just so fucking awesome all the time, it would have taken. It would have taken first for sure. But um, yeah, the Jujutsu Kaisen streak continues. It has. I can't remember. It having a bad chapter. The battle between uh, Yorozu, I think her name was, was kind of mid. But otherwise... I didn't say mid, I said bad. True. You did say bad. But anyway, that's all I gotta say about Black Clover. Fantastic chapter. Love the art. The art, I mean, he's just so upgraded his art from the start. I've been reading Black Clover from the beginning, and it's like, so. it wasn't bad, but it's you could see like the the like leveling up of his art in the over the course of this series and man this guy leveled up bro yeah if he does something next it's gonna be like legendary i think his if the next series he does is gonna be better than black clover and it's gonna be fucking fantastic yeah i'm excited big fan of tabata but yeah i'm ready to move on if you guys are yeah. All right, y'all. Let us go. Yeah. This is part of the war on the in the Bronx. Undead unluck. Uh, I'm gonna toss this over to Josh for Undead Unluck Chapter One Sixty Six. Undead Unluck Chapter Number One Sixty Six: Untruth by Yoshifumi Tozuka. Last week. Uh, she got pretty critical. Um, Shen, Shen, uh, cleared out the uh, negators, un, uh, unavoid, unsheep, no, undraw, <laughs> undraw. Um, and uh, I'm not even gonna say Billy's because he just got smoked really quick. He doesn't even count. Um, and then found out that he had to face his his friend and romantic interest, whether he admits it or not, in Yui. And um, Foucault, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just so distracted by this awesome fucking uh, color page. I did not notice this when I first started reading. Oh, I somehow yeah. skipped over this page. Oh, wow. This is really nice. Um, sorry. Anyway, um, Foucault also started to see that, you know, found a way to unlock his negation through, you know, a tragedy with his uh, friend, Moon. 
you know, pretty pretty good hunch. Why not? Okay. Anyway, so um, we cut to the the past with uh Shen basically talking about how you know Fang, you always talk about strongest this, the strongest that, but what does the strongest even mean? And uh, <laughs> Fang tells Shen that those who uh, care for others with the non-wavering heart are the strongest people around, or so I've been told. I don't really get it myself. And yeah, I, makes sense, Fang. Uh, he doesn't care about anything else but beating the shit out of people. Uh, so, you know, Shen comments as a child, which is very uh, perceptive of him, that um, that was kind of odd for Fang to say something kind of open-ended like that, you know? Um, and Fang responds, like, you know, have you ever heard me tell you some stupid shit? Shen was <laughs> like, yeah, you know, good point. <laughs> you know, Fang tells him to get back to focusing. It was a nice little moment, actually, of Fang actually kind of respecting words he may not agree with simply because they came from the hands of someone that also beat the shit out of him. He respects few things in this world, but ask what Even if he's receiving it. <laughs> Respect. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're back to Shen versus Mui in the final round. Um, and whoever wins this fights against Fang. Um, <laughs> Fang starts grilling Fu uh, Fuko and he's that's a full name once again, Fuku Izumo, and asks if she knows what this object is. And she's like, yeah, like that's the Nioi Kinko staff. Huh, Chris? Huh? Yeah, you got yeah. it. Oh, yeah. And he's like, so you do know Fuku Izumo. <laughs> he didn't say her name again, but I imagine he was raring to. He said it uh, in his head. And it's for sure. Um, he talks about how he, he got it uh, from going and putting his hands on some poor tribe of people until they, I guess, gave him that artifact. And they no, it was the barbarians. Blown. They were barbarians. Sure, but I still feel bad for them. I'm sure I'm sure that they didn't do anything to prompt what, what Fang did to them. Or at least it was very minimal. It doesn't take much for Fang. That's true. Um. So, yeah. So he beat them up took their heirloom and, and and couldn't even use it. What a loser. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Fuko comments is, so he's just like, oh, I, I know the last person that used it. <laughs> that nigga was mad strong. <laughs> LOL. LOL. <laughs> I know who it is. And you do too. LOL. H-A-H-A. All right, anyway. um, So, uh, Fang's like, all right, if the truly strong as defined by this thing is the same person you mentioned in the past, I can't comprehend it at all, and I don't wish to either. You know, so basically he's admitting that. He, like he, this is, again, there's nothing else he understands but combat. You know, there's no way that someone that cares about others could ever achieve a level of strength that he hopes to reach. Um, but with that said, he does notice that when Shen uh, fights against Mui, he gets stronger by the minute. That's dramatic. And that fact is the truth. And that that sits ill with him. Mm. 
you know, Fuko's telling him, like, look, you know, just keep watching him fight and tell me how you feel later, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny because Fuko says, I once was the same way after all. That was interesting. Um, So, ooh, Shank catches his, he catches Mui in the fucking uh, chin with an uppercut palm, tiger strike palm. You sure you can? Yeah. And uh, but she recovered nicely. She did that pretty well. Yeah. And he's he's cheesing like his dad thing. He's really happy. And then we go <laughs> she back just to kicked the shit out of my jaw. I'm stoked. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh. And Shannon's saying, I don't need food. I, I don't need a place to stay either. Nothing good comes out of getting strong. Nothing but pain at it. Uh, and trying to let him know that, look, man, like the only thing that matters in this world is being strong and, you know, only the strongest survive. Um, you know, and if you want to escape from me and rob me of my fight with Puhoizumo, <laughs> then you're going to have to kill me, bro. You're going to have to murder me. You're going to have to defeat me in, in dead-ass combat if you want to run and get away from me. So, um, yeah. And then uh, Shannon's like, oh, so you're doing this for me? <laughs> He's like, what? And Shannon's like, oh, so if I get stronger, then uh, I get it. Then, then uh, you know, my friend won't have to get bullied either, like how you're trying to do with me. And he's like, nah, fuck out of here, man. Put throw them beliefs in the garbage. And then kick that garbage off the fucking cliff. And say goodbye forever, because I can give a damn. The weak will die. Your sister will die. Um, and Shannon's like, I won't die. I added in the, the part about his sister, because I know he felt that way because she was weak and small. That's she is my weak and commentary. Small. Yeah. 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 Dude, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, Santa's like, yeah, I won't die um, because you're going to protect us, right? <laughs> and you're so strong. So no one, I got nothing to worry about. Um, which, you know, you know that kill thing hearing that. You couldn't stand hearing that and then not being able to punch a hole through his face. <laughs> out of fear of his bout with the legendary Fuko Izumo. Um, so we come back to Shen. And he's like, yeah, I get it, old man. Just like you, I was pretty slow on the uptake. Uh, But he said that, you know, but that was that. Those feelings back then were I had forgotten, but each and every one of Mui's punches has helped jog my memories. I get stronger for other people's sake. I get stronger for you, baby, and you for me. And not just for you, Mui, but for me too. And yeah old man thing for that bastard as well um you know he's like i'm sure this feeling this emotion and he calls out to movies like yo check this out after after uh after we fight let's uh keep getting strong together even after we uh both go on i'm sure it'll be the most fun thing ever and you know it's it's the sweetest thing uh like ever i guess in the middle of a kung fu fight as they both punch each other in the face at the same time. And she says, you're wrong. He basically proposed to her in, in the middle of the fight. Right? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I'm going with that. That's pretty sick. Uh, has that happened before? This part? 
I don't like, think were so. They proposed to each other and no, no, this is new. What about it in uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Didn't they propose to each other when they were? Oh, like... I thought you meant between these two characters. No, I actually have never seen Mr. and Mrs. Smith. What? So I couldn't say Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. Yeah. What? Well, anyway. Um. So Sen is like, yeah, I'm like, all right, bet. This next kid is gonna decide the winner of the fight. And um, movie sounds Jidale, I think. I don't know. Understood. Oh yeah, Jidale. Jidole. I don't know. I actually, I don't know. I have no idea. I should have looked it up. That was very ignorant and American of me. It was um, also so, very ignorant and American of me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brian also thought it that way too, so I'm gonna put that on him as well. Yeah, he said that. He said that to me. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. So, um, Shen is getting ready to use his, well, you know, use a strong old, and Fuko notices something's going on as the black aura forms around Shen and says, "Here I come, Mui, my dear." That was funny. Um, he stares at her, and she just kind of like. Stops moving. And Fang is like, huh? Like he notices immediately. And then he jets to her and and hits her with the shoulder technique, launching her very far like a Smash Bros. character. And she was on high percent. She was on high percent, actually. They was both on high percent. She got hit with a with a really strong dash attack. Uh, but she couldn't move because she got hit by untruth and his negation ability. Has unlocked and the tragedy is about to unfold because he has launched Mui off the mountain that they were fighting on. I, did y'all did y'all know that they were fighting on the mountain? I forgot. Uh, I didn't recall that, but right. I guess they were. I, not that it matters. I that's whatever. Anyway, um, Shen jumps immediately and skydives after her. And Fang says, "You fool! Don't waste your wild life for that weak one that lost." Fight me instead, and then lose your life. Just thinking to himself, yeah. Well, uh, I caught Mui, but this is it. Whatever. At least she knows I, I love her, and I ain't no bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I could go out like that. That's cool, I guess. And I won the fight. I went out a winner in in combat and in romance and chauvinism. So, uh, but but before his dreams could be realized. Uh, Fuko starts, uh, dies right after him with the rest of the negation crew and she says listen call for it without looking this way call for the Nyoi Kinko staff yeah 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 you like that and then uh, leave the rest to me and uh, he's like ah. <laughs> he calls the staff without looking back at her tells uh Gula Gwala Nyoi Kinko and uh it pulls up and the the negation crew create a fucking human rope um in order to catch Shen and Mui together. And uh Shen's like, why did all of you come to and then Fugu's like, listen, listen, whatever, whatever, just don't look. All right. I I love you. We all love you. That's what we're all about. Everybody love everybody. We love people here. All right. Fuko Incorporated. So that's why I saved you. So shut the fuck up and don't look back. Um, by the way, 
who's the person that's holding us up? And they realized it was Fang, yo. Yo. Yo, Fang's a good guy now. Holy shit. Let's go, Fang. Yo. (laughs) Yeah, Coco. She's looking at me like, what the fuck happened? Fang happened, yo. He's a good guy now. Yeah, he is. Um, And he's like, is this disgraceful sight a display of your strength? <laughs> what an asshole. Um, so, you know, he helps them back up. And Fuku's like, ah, oh. no, Shen is like, I'll repay you with this gesture with my fist. I figured out what it means to be what you always talked about, that it means to be the strongest. Let's get right to it. The championship round. And then everyone's like, oh, Mr. you know, Shen, like, chill, like, don't, don't talk that shit. He's going to drop you because he don't really give a fuck about you that much. And he's like, very well, let's find out which of our strength is the strongest. Wow. Fang recognizes Shen as a fighter. Yeah. Impressive. A lot of things happen this chapter. You have some thoughts, Chris? Ooh, I do. This was a tough week for me in terms of picking favorite chapters of the week. This was a spectacular week, wasn't it? Yeah, everything was so good. Um, but I really like this chapter of Undead Unlock. It's it's my third place, I guess, for what that means, for whatever that's worth. But, you know, there's just like a lot of heart in this chapter, as there usually is with Undead Unlock. But I really yeah. like, you know, the interactions with Shang, Shen and Fang and, um, and Mui and all that stuff. So uh, I'm really happy that, you know, this was uh this this went down the way it did especially with fang saving them in the end because that's a very heartwarming very (laughs) vegeta-esque um and yeah fang is a great villain i'm i'm really excited to see how this uh this ends and how he's gonna fight untruth you know Mm -hmm. because the whole i had to like look up what untruth does because i forgot since it's been so long but it like basically makes you do the opposite of what you want to do so that's right. why that's How why movie with that. Yeah, that's why movie flew away. She couldn't dodge in that moment, even though she wanted to dodge. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's stronger the more he's he likes you. So, uh, he seems to really like Fang. So he's yeah. It's gonna have like a big effect on him at the end of the day. But yeah, I think the next chapter is gonna be fucking crazy in terms of fight, and uh, I can't wait to see how that goes. Uh. Josh, what did you think? Well, um, I thoroughly enjoyed this chapter as well. Like I said, uh, a lot of things popped off. His negation ability manifested. It was, it was sudden. It was, you know, it was, we all knew it was going to happen. It was suggested multiple times, but I still like the way it went down. I, it, it surprised me. It actually, like, when it happened, I was shocked. Like, oh, yeah. I forgot that was supposed to happen. But, um, you know, it was it was anticlimactic in a way because obviously, you know, the, the, they avert the tragedies, but I thought maybe there was going to be a little bit more of a heart tug. Like something really bad was going to go down, but whatever. Um, it's cool that they're just going to move forward. Um, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what this fight with Shen and Feng is going to be like 
I don't think it's going to be a, a quick one, two, three fight either. I think it's going to be a long, drawn-out one because, you know, he, he's got to get his lick back for the previous loop. Fang is as strong as he was in the last loop, in my opinion. I don't, I don't see why he wouldn't be equally as strong. Nothing has changed, you know? I don't think Shen running away after his sister dies made Fang any stronger than he is now. You know, and I don't think him having to look after the kids made him weaker either. Mm -hmm. Especially not if what Fugo says is the truth about the negation world and that weaklings that love each other are the strongest. So the more he loves, the stronger he's going to be. Well, anyway, you get the point. Um, That's it. Really enjoyed this chapter. Hell yeah. Well, that was Undead Unluck then, and that has been our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. As per usual, you could find me at the Chris Hospital on Twitter and Instagram, Josh at JD Cole underscore 37 on Instagram at New Jump City Josh on Twitter. Brian is at B.ESP on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can follow the show itself at New Jump City. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. You could also uh, email the show itself at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want us to talk about. Um, check us out on that. Or you can comment under the video version of the podcast that we put out every week on YouTube. Uh, it's not like it used to be, obviously, since uh, I'm still not camera capable quite yet, but uh, we're getting there soon enough, guys. And uh, check us out on there. Give us a like, subscribe, all that stuff. Take part in the weekly really good chapter of the week poll. Uh, I put it up a couple hours after the chapters drop on Viz's official website. So check us out there. Take part in the poll and we'll announce the winner on the corresponding show. Uh, if you prefer audio podcasts anyway, you can hit us up on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, we are on there. So yeah thank you guys so much for listening as per usual we will see you guys next week stay safe new jump citizens